0: I'm Lisa with Enable. We are coming to a city near you. We are on the road for our 2024 roadshows. Come learn about Enable, our products, what we have to offer, and network with some IT professionals in your area. We hope to see you there, register today, and we'll see you soon.
1: It was really, really early days, but we were just doing IT in a different way. This week on Now That's It.
0: We kind of have the same vision. We approach it from different angles completely but we kind of meet in the middle. Perry Bowles talks to Chris Massey about the unique origins of his business and makes some bold predictions for the future of the MSP industry. Zero interest in selling ZipDeck. actually want to build it and build it and build it and make it one of the best MSPs in the world. Welcome to Now That's It stories of MSP success where we dive into the journeys of some of the trailblazers in our industry to find out how they used their passion for technology to help turn managed services into the thriving sector it is today.
2: All right, Perry, thank you for being with us today. No problem. Love to hear a little bit about sort of your background, how you got started in the managed service industry, and
1: maybe a little bit more about ZipTech. So, oddly, what really got me into the managed service was a rival, Kaseya, funnily enough. So I was working at a a company who did IT support, Mm -hmm. the traditional IT support, and I'd had this idea mulling around about doing some sort of proper remote support rather than on-site. So I used to use a thing called SMS. I don't know if you remember that, Microsoft SMS. So you could do some sort of remoting, but you had to kind of have a VPN in and that sort of thing. Kaseya came along. So we started using that internally. And I thought, this is great. I'm going to take this tool. I'm going to start my own business. I had a a business a few years before before that. I thought, I'm going to take my idea. So we kind of formulated this, what turned out to be like an MSP business internally. Mm -hmm. I thought, I'll take this externally. The CTO of Casair UK came to see how it would set it up and all that sort of thing. Said, so, goodness, this is this is pretty good. And I said, yeah, I think it's pretty good as well. I'm not going to take your tool. I'm not going to take it and, you know, start a business. he said, well, actually, I know someone who's looking for someone technical because they were on the sales side to set up in business right now. I said, oh, okay, give me his number. So we spoke. That's RMD, uh, Jim Simpson, mm-hmm. our CEO. So I met him. We were absolutely in unison to the point, I think six months after we started working together, he saw a, a, a mind map I'd done when I was working for this other company. And he said, did we go through that? Is that the mind map we put together? He said, no, I had that before I even met you. You know, it, we were just in, in parallel. In sync, but yeah. he was sales. He couldn't find anyone technical that got the managed service thing because everyone in their mind was break, fix, and they just didn't get it. Yep. So we started off as managed service, started monthly recurring revenue. So that was kind of it. You know, that, that's where we started. And it was just the reason Jim wanted to start the business because he was working for some larger companies. He used to be a turnaround CEO. So he'd go in and one of the things he wanted to cut back was staff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not a nice job to do, but that's right. what you have to do. Right. And he could never find anyone to, any way of cutting back IT because he couldn't find anyone that could come into a smaller business, you know, a 300 to 500 site business not an enterprise and and do it as an outsourced managed service so i we thought well i'm going to fill that gap so we came it from different angles yep but you know at the, at the same time at the same place kind of thing so that's where we started and, wow. that, and that was it so yeah so Kaseya was our way in and in the early days we i used to it was really early days of Kaseya. right so we had access to the developers of Kaseya. we could put in an idea and it would be in the product a week later. Wow. It was really, really early days. Wow. But we started managed service. We, we've never done break-fix. And MSP, even then, wasn't a thing. We called ourselves monthly recurring revenue, whatever. Yeah. MSP became a thing later, as in the name MSP, managed mm-hmm. service provider. But we were just doing IT in a different way. Wow. That's fantastic. So so the
2: tool led you to the the, the vision that, this was well. This is how we
1: sort of want to run run the company. Kind of the other way around. Okay. So the vision yeah. came yeah. first. Yeah. And I was waiting for the tool to arrive. I gotcha. And then the tool arrived. Yeah. I said, "This is what we've been waiting for." I'd had this idea about doing this remote service for a while. Mm-hmm. SMS wasn't good enough. There wasn't sure. anything else in the market. Nope. Then this agent that, you know put an agent on each machine, then yep. they're reporting back through a secure port four four three, always calling out. You know, no one no one's going in to mm-hmm. the server. So, yeah, it was the other way around. Gotcha. Kaseya arrived, and then that was like, there's the magic moment.
2: So, let's talk about sort of early days, mid days, as, as you've grown. I mean, you've, you've been at ZipTech for a number of years, right? You were sort 18. of, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. So, as the company matured and you guys grew as a company, what were some of the challenges that, that you guys had run into? And what was the point where this vendor that you had sort of put all your, you know, your, your, your faith in that it was, you know, you, maybe you had to look outside. and Good question.
1: question. So in terms of the early challenges, break, fix was the way that IT was done. Yep. So all the people went to were going like, hold on, we have to pay you every month, even if nothing's going wrong. Right. It's like, hold on. The idea is we prevent things from going wrong. Right. So therefore... You don't have the IT problem. So you carry on doing your business. We'll run your IT. You run your business. Everyone's happy. But obviously, on the back of that, we need to do reporting and say, right, this is what we've done for you this month. Because otherwise, it's like, well, nothing's gone wrong. It's never as quite simple as that. Of course, things went wrong. Of course. You know, that, that that was the idea of, well, we'll show you we are doing stuff in the background. And when you do need to call us, we're there. You know, and we can jump onto your machines really quickly because we've got this, this RMM tool. So yeah, getting that across to people, they didn't get it. As mm-hmm. I said, uh, our CEO couldn't find a, a techie that, that got the concept, let alone clients, customers, you know? So in the early stages, that was it. But when we got better at that discussion, telling people, this is how it works. And this is the benefit of it. And you know what you're paying every month because a really bad technical person could cost a huge amount to them because they're spending four hours fixing a a problem that should take half an hour or less whereas if they're paying a monthly they know what's going out every month and it's a simple per device cost so yeah and the world started catching up with us because obviously we were the first people ever to do it (laughs) Yep. so anyway so yeah that that kind of Managed service, things started to become a thing. So, you know, people were more more comfortable with it. But yeah, I mean, the challenge right from the beginning on top of like the sales piece and convincing people this was the right model for them was just the scaling. But it was like scaling up and it's just the problems of running a a small business, right? Right. So you don't want to get the next person in case case you don't get the clients, but you can't service the clients without getting the next person in. So you have to make that jump and get people in. And just, just make that, you know. Make that leap, sure. But once you've got to a certain amount of people, you can start doing a better service and bringing things that you you should do, like ticketing. Right. You know. In the early days, ticketing wasn't that easy, and we didn't have Connectwise. Mm-hmm. In fact, we we're using Salesforce as our ticketing. Wow. Oddly, because it was quite you could manipulate it. You could you could make it do what you like. Right. So we could record things in it. So we used it for sales as well as for ticketing, but it just wasn't up to it. Right. So then we looked for a PSA. There was not much on the market. Autotask was at, in its infancy, and it was it was quite broad but very shallow. It couldn't do very much. Connectwise was actually pretty good in its day. Now it's, it really hasn't moved on very much. It's quite clunky, but you know you're kind of wedded to it. So that kind of management became a bit of a things going right managing tickets managing just the business from sales through to ticketing through to invoicing and through but the PSA really helped mm-hmm. if we'd gone enable back then obviously there's now that you know that part yep that we could have utilized but mm-hmm. you know and now it's almost impossible for us to get away from connect wires onto something else true but yeah so the but the challenges were they were less technical and more convincing people and just the just the thing about growing a business right Oddly, our MSP was the owner, sort of the the MD. Mm -hmm. That was a sales background. Most MSPs are uh, are, are put together and built by technical people. So we kind of had that as an advantage. That's got its pitfalls as well. So, you know, there's there's no sweet spot. There's no proper balance between sales and technical and who should be running what and whatever. Right. So I'm the technical director, CTO but I'm the technical director of a technical company. Yeah. So that, so the the CEO's job is to run a technical company. So there's that cross, big crossover, you know, yep. whereas in a non-technical company, CTO is kind of the guy that looks after the technology and knows the technology and the CEO kind of looks after the business, but our business is technology. So there's that yes. kind of, you know, thing to work out as well. But, you know, yep. it's just another challenge.
2: I'll I'll, I'll say that what I've seen, you know, I come from a an MSP as well, in, in, in America, that had a number of, of of sort of executives and leaders, and some that were sales focused, some that were that had some technical, none no technical, and then some that were just technology focused that had no sales focus. Mm. But as as I've been exposed to our partners and and MSPs that I would say are you know maybe doing things best in class or or just really different. They do have that model and, and I, you know, where there's, there's sort of a, a, a CEO that is more sales focused and a CTO or a, a technical leader that is more technology focused. And, and that pair, that dynamic, that number one can see the vision simultaneously, but go at it from a different direction yeah. is a really, really powerful thing. And yeah.
1: yeah. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. So Jim and I, we kind of have the same vision. Mm-hmm. But it's odd you should say that because we approach it from different angles completely. But right. right. we kind of meet in the middle. That's right. When we used to work out figures, you know, how much do you think this will cost? He'd say, and I'd work it out. and Say, well, this I think he said. I came to almost exactly the same figure, but from a completely different way of working out, which yes. is interesting. And this kind of checks and balances. Yeah. So That's yeah. Great. But you asked something earlier as well. When when was what was the point we yeah. decided that Kaseya wasn't the right tool for us right. anymore? Yeah. It was really because they got. They got purchased. They 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 lost sight of the MSP. Mm-hmm. They decided that there was a gold mine here. They brought they they changed the top people. So we used to know Neil Black, Blackie and, and and the owner, the CEO and and people that developed it. Then there was this takeover. Everything changed. The the UK technical director got booted out, as did most of the staff. They did a complete change around. And it was clear the focus went away from the MSP and more into how can we use this tool for enterprise, how can we can make huge amounts of money off the back of it, and not they they lost sight of where they where they started from. And that was an issue for us. Yeah. So we looked around and I found Enable. It was enable then, then it became SolarWinds MSP. Yep. Now we're enable again. Uh, yep. enable again, which is good. It was like, how can we find something? At least we knew what we were looking for. we we'd experienced the tool. Enable had only just brought in sort of a managed AV at that point mm-hmm. so it was about 10 years ago i guess sure and it seemed like i think within a few weeks there was a there was an event in amsterdam so i went to that and i thought you know these are good guys this seems this seems good this seems like a, a company that's taking it seriously there's a good attitude they're putting more into the product so i thought yeah okay we'll do that so we transitioned over we haven't looked back to be honest great i was an early enable 1.0 customer as
2: well and I remember the same thing. It was, it was definitely a different type of a vendor to work with. It was a relationship. Yeah, it was. The folks that you knew back then, most of them are still here today, which yeah. I think is, it says something about about the business. But, but I, I love your point about, you know, sort of the focus on the MSP. And um, it was one of the reasons why I wanted to join the company is, as an MSP, I love a partnership where, you know, I, you know, I'm, I work for a team now where my sole goal is to help our partners grow. Yeah. And, uh, and and that's great that we've made an investment into something like that. And so yeah. so I love to hear that, you know, something that was really, really important to you. Obviously, you know, it, it uh, unfortunate that 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 another vendor, they lost vision, but to, that you found it with us. And, 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 and thank you for.
1: for yeah. Reading. And I love the honesty as well. So David Weeks says every time, yeah. you know, this is about you. That's right. But he's honest. He's saying if you grow your business, it grows our business. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's not trying to hide behind. We're all about you. It's nothing to do with our business. You know, we're just for you. I love the honesty. It's a two-way thing. Yeah. And help grow our business and it helps grow your business. Yep. And, you know, in some of your sessions, you say, look, we're not selling product. We're not even going to talk about enabled product. Right. You know, we're, we're trying to make your business better. Right. That's it. It's a beautiful thing. It's, a,
2: it's, it's the greatest job in the world to be able to talk to MSPs and share my experiences and bring other MSPs together so that you guys get better as MSPs. I love it.
3: Enable Spam Experts incoming email filter helps protect your network against spam, viruses, phishing, and malware attacks with nearly a 100% accuracy rate. Driven by a continuously updated intelligent protection and filtering engine, Spam Experts provides one of the best and most complete email filtering platforms on the market. The solution works right out of the box and is compatible with nearly any email server. Whether deployed in our highly redundant cloud or on your on-premises hardware, it has ready-made integrations, automation plugins, and APIs. Simply add the domains you want to filter and reroute your email through an easy MX record change in your DNS. The multi-level control panel offers different permission levels and gives you the ability to access quarantine, extract reports, perform custom log searches, manage allow or block lists, and even customize it to your own brand. The incoming filter also provides valuable email continuity by adding an extra level of redundancy to your email flows. In the event that your mail server cannot be reached, email continuity is designed to safely queue your incoming messages and prevent them from being lost or immediately bounced back to the sender. Queued messages can be accessed via the web interface and will be delivered when your mail server is back online or can be manually retried. Spend less time dealing with spam and more time focusing on the tasks that really matter. Start your free trial today.
2: Perry, think about back, you know, 18 years ago up to today. And, you know, what was the point that maybe you you guys got together and said, you know this is it we did the right thing we made the right decision we've created the right type of company this is what we should be doing this is we're helping our customers in the right way was there a point in time that you remember like
1: yeah that's a tricky one because i think we both the first year was really tough Uh and we're all working stupid hours and wearing all the hats you know with hr we're you know all the internal stuff we're, we're doing all of the all the admin stuff, uh, the accounting, the whole lot. But I think pretty much from the beginning, we thought, this is right. Right. This is we, this is where we should be. This yeah. is what we, we want to be doing. As I say, Jim did it because he saw there was a gap in the market and needed to fill it, and I did it because I saw there was a gap in the market, for a different gap in the market, sure. but, you know, doing this remote service for helping people get their IT working properly. So, I don't think there was a point where we went, you know, this is right. Yeah. we. I think we kind of always knew this was the right thing. Yeah. It was just working out the nuances of how to run it, how to do it properly. Yeah. That, there wasn't a workbook because there weren't any MSPs. Of everything course. was break fix. So, right. you know, or pretty much everything was break fix. This conversation was happening more in the States, actually. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, being UK based, we're a bit behind the curve on IT most of the time. So, we used to have, There's a, there's a lady called Robin Robbins who used to do a kind of a masterclass in marketing and uh, we used to listen to her stuff and go, there's some good ideas here. You know, we've always been open to that sort of external thing. So it's like, and that kind of made us in those days, it was like, well, do free audits, go to site, do free audits. You know, we used to spend two or three days auditing, looking at absolutely everything within, within an organization to put, put this, you know, red, amber, green, traffic light report sure. together to say this is where we are this is what we've seen this is what you need to do we don't do that anymore right because whenever you go in you then you can't get under the you can't get under the hood until you're really in there mm-hmm. so we, we saw the surface we spent hours doing this it's kind of expected as well yeah we don't do that anymore yeah we kind of do a little discovery but yeah we just we say we'll we'll find this out as we go in yeah so let's talk about the future for ZipTech. What do you
2: think? What do you think it's going to look like, Perry? Is there is there plans for maybe even some M and A or how how? What's the growth strategy vector look like for you guys? So,
1: so we we engage in something called the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system, sure. As well as True Methods, so yep. we're in the winner's circle on that as well. Yep. So we've got some frameworks that we work around. The great thing about the EOS, the, the traction thing, is you plan ahead. So we've got quarterly goals. So quarterly rocks. So we and we got annual company rocks, and we've got a three-year vision and a five, a a ten-year kind of where we're going to be in ten years. Where we would we like to be in ten years? Because you can't plan for ten years. Sure, you can't plan for three years. To be honest, not not in this market. It's moving too fast. In three years, our plan is to have acquired a company. So we're not interested in selling. We are literally zero interest in selling Zipdeck. We don't want to build it up, make it really you know worth huge amounts of money and sell it off. It's It's not a lifestyle, We actually want to build it and build it and build it and make right. it one of the best MSPs in the world kind of great. thing. So we have no interest in selling it, but we do know to, we've we grown organically. We've literally started, we've never borrowed a penny and we've never been in debt and we've got money in the bank and we need to invest that money. And a great way of doing that is to buy acquiring other MSPs that maybe need help or maybe want to sell off because they're a lifestyle and they want to go and have their Porsche and drive around <laughs> Italy or whatever it is they want to do. And it's a great way of acquiring customers without all the marketing and that sort of thing. So M&A is something we are we are looking at. Mm-hmm. And we want to, so within three years, it's a goal, so we'll do it because we achieve our goals pretty much all the time. So yeah, that that's one aspect of it. But in terms of where we see the business going, everyone's talking about it. It's AI. It's automation. It's business analytic, you know, and automation's a big field in itself. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about automation, we're starting to automate internally. So we've just taken on Peer as a automation for our ConnectWise to try and help that, so I'm trying to try and help our desk, help desk people. We're heavily going through the, the cookbook for automation through Enable. Mm-hmm. And we so we had a goal last quarter to can't remember the figures but it was to fix a certain amount of things through automation and then we've got a tick box now in our ConnectWise wires that if you fix it through automation tick mm-hmm. the box and it's a goal and it was a focus so that's big for us but for our clients obviously they're not fixing computers and they're not fixing things through automation it's the process automation automating their internal processes making things run smoothly stopping people having to do this boring thing of taking something from one system into Excel, then exporting that into another, importing that into another system, and all that manual stuff. Trying to help them along, along their business process, or just using things like Power Automate to actually just streamline their their operations, or do things that they hadn't considered and didn't know about. So we run workshops. So we start to run workshops with with our clients, and we hold what we call directors' briefings. So they're briefings on what we think you know, would help businesses out. Currently, we're doing automation series. In the past, we've done things on 365, Azure, Teams, SharePoint, and that sort of stuff. But yeah, automation is the big focus right now. And off the back of that or side by side with that is the business analytics piece. We see AI a little bit down the road, mm-hmm. but it's there. We are not ignoring it. In fact, we've told all of our staff, we'll pay the $20 a month, but you get chat GPT-4, you know, get the subscription version. It still only goes up to September 2021. Yep. But, you know, <laughs> so don't use that for, for working on anything new, you know. Right. If you look at who's the, who's the prime minister, it still thinks it's Boris Johnson. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's that's where we're seeing that vision. Yep. Also, the other bit, which we're, we've kind of slightly lost focus on, is the security. Sure. So we're not an MSSP but we think we should be. We do take all of our clients through Cyber Essentials. It's mandatory. It used to be a bolt-on. We used to take them through it and Cyber Essentials Plus, which is the UK governance. is quite a low level, but it's really good stuff. It's solid stuff. If people do that, they're so much better than before they did it if they do it properly and not just a tick-box exercise. So we properly take them through that, and they are more secure at the end of it than they were to start with. So it's mandatory for our client. But I think to fill that, we need a managed sock and SIM solution. You know, I think more and more of our clients are going to be asking for it. One or two do, the larger ones. But I think at some point with, I don't know, maybe the cyber insurance thing that's getting tricky, they want more and more things, pen testing and that sort of thing. I think Sock and Sim is going to be a thing. How How are you preventing? How do you know you're not under attack? That sort of thing. So I think a managed Sock and Sim will kind of, a bit like when we started, we had to persuade some of our clients that they needed to do backup. And then we went, hold on, actually, this isn't even a conversation. If you want us to manage you, you have to do backup. That's great. You know, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll, it'll end up being that in yeah. maybe three years time, it will be mandatory that I have a software sim solution and the prices would have come out right, right down. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at right now, by the end of this year, our financial year, we want to have a permanent compliance and security person. All they do is security and compliance in place. Mm-hmm for our, internally, but mainly for our clients so that we can use that as a service, a bolt-on service, a, a monthly to... Rec- and how can we make it a proper monthly and revenue? What do you add in to make that happen? So we're also, I say, 27,001 ourselves. Right. Most of our clients have no requirement for that. Right. Some of our clients, we wouldn't have had them as clients if we weren't 27,001. They don't need to do that themselves, but it gives them that assurance. But I think to get, you know, PCI or whatever it happens to be and I need to look at this this NIST 2 that's coming out Mm -hmm. and you know because we brexited so we're not part of Europe anymore as such we're still very very closely aligned so I need to see if that is going to be a compulsory thing for us in the UK as well right that's what we actually got from from this right when people were asking questions about it it's like oh I wasn't even aware of that (laughs) so that's something I need to look up when I get back great but that's it. So, security, automation, yeah. Power BI type stuff, analytics, and that sort of thing, and eventually AI. We see those as, as, as big future. things coming along. So, we're building sort of little business units around that at the moment. Excellent.
2: Perry, what a pleasure it was to talk to you. It always is. This was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here. And I wish you and Ziptech all the luck in the future.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Chris. It's been a
2: pleasure. Great.
0: Take care. To receive updates about future episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform and follow Enable on LinkedIn. We appreciate your support and encourage you to leave a rating or review as it helps us reach more listeners who can benefit from the wealth of knowledge shared on this show. Remember, success is not a destination, it's a journey. And by immersing yourself in the stories of those who have walked the path before you, you'll gain the tools, inspiration and confidence to achieve your own triumphs. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes of Now That's It, Stories of MSP Success. This podcast provides educational information about issues that may be relevant to information technology service providers. Nothing in the podcast should be construed as any recommendation or endorsement by Enable or as legal or any other advice. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Enable employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Enable or its officers and directors. This podcast may also contain forward-looking statements regarding future product plans, functionality or developmental efforts that should not be interpreted as a commitment from Enable related to any deliverables or timeframe. All content is based on information available at the time of recording and Enable has no obligation to update any forward-looking statements.